Breaking Ground Podcast. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Interact with us on WhatsApp. Send us a voice note on 084-078-4912. And we'll keep breaking ground. In the first discussion, we will be unpacking the right to free education. And Lutlokhanolo will be leading us on this one. According to Section 29 of the South African Constitution, everyone has the right to basic education, adult-based education and further education. But it is, undeni- it is undeniable that the apartheid system, which lasted for over 40 years, has seemingly made the country's education system unequal till this day. Free education remains a thorny issue that will still be discussed and fought for in the coming years. For the past couple of years, we have seen a rise in student protests across South Africa's high learning institutions, protests for free, quality, decolonized education, 27 years into democracy, and the country's education system still remains one of the most challenged and questionable in the world. We spoke to students who had to fight the system, and this is what they had to say. They almost denied me the most basic right, which is the right to free education, but we fought a student who's going through financial exclusion and trying to register in 2021 is by far the worst experience because it's during a pandemic and basically Vitz admin is not trying to respond by emails any form of communication really i had to relocate from from KZN to come to Joburg just to register so i'm currently squatting at a friend's place just to register and I'm still not getting the assistance that I need from the institution. And to discuss this matter further, we are now joined on the line by Hendrik Makineta, who will help us uh, dive into this question. A very good evening to you, Mr. Makineta, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed, Leso Honolo and Kiamu Makala, let me also greet the listeners. Thank you very much for your time and for joining us, sir. I think just to, to kickstart the conversation, I do want to ask this question, uh, Mr. Makineta. Do you think that the government can afford to provide free education? Yes, indeed. Uh, the government has got the capacity to provide uh, uh, free higher education. Uh, in, in collaboration with uh, the, the private sector, they can do that. The only thing that is lacking uh, from my view point of view is that uh, there is a lack of uh, political will to, to address uh, this issue of free higher education generally. And uh, I think that government does not see, uh, you know, the uh, spending on, on education. They don't necessarily see it as, a, as an investment. Uh, they just see it as another expenditure which uh, is an additional burden on the fiscals. Uh, that is why there is no political will to fully address the, the question of uh, free higher education in the, in the country. Very interesting views there, sir. Um, I, I, I do want to allude to this question now, uh, right? Do you think that the government has done enough to ensure that everyone has access to, to quality higher education? Well, I, I must say that uh, in answering your question, higher education transformation has been a highly contested terrain of struggle ever since the introduction of the National Commission 
on higher education by the late President Nelson Mandela in 1995. And we will realize that since then, a lot of developments have taken place in relation to policy, the law, uh, the Higher Education Act of 1997. But of course, when it comes to funding, we can also appreciate the fact that uh, as far as NESFAS is concerned, which was TEFSA before, uh, to date, government has been able to fund a lot of students, who, some of whom have already graduated and are now working. But the biggest problem that we face now, as you, as you, as you know, may know, is that uh, you know, middle-class families are also finding it difficult to cope with the rising costs of uh, higher education. It is for this reason that we are sitting with this problem today of uh, the historic debt of, uh, you know, which uh, is uh, students who owe universities uh, a lot of money. And, uh, you know, these students are expected to sign AODs, uh, you know, acknowledgement of debts from time to time, whereas their parents are not are not able to cope also with, uh, you know, issues of loans and so on. So, in a way, uh, Government is addressing uh, problems of uh, one sector of the students, those who come from uh, the most uh, disadvantaged uh, communities. But at the same time, we are sitting with a problem of uh, the students who owe the university, uh, who are unable, whose parents are unable really to cope. And I think that this is something that, that government needs to, uh, you know, a change of, of mindset. Because remember, uh, some of these parents who may have a, a, a threshold of above 350,000 rents, you know, they too are already contributing in one way or the other to the coffers of the state. If you look at the income tax that they pay on a monthly basis, uh, but also other forms of uh, tax, uh, you know, uh, that government uh, charges from time to time, uh, not to mention black tax already, which... Uh, our graduates who graduate from universities are expected to be part of. So, in, in a way, uh, if, if government cannot sit down and resolve uh, this problem, we are sitting on a on a time bomb uh, because the reality is that our students want to enter the terrain of higher education and study so that they too can be able to make a meaningful contribution to the economy of our country. I mean, most of the, some of the students may, may become uh, scientists, for instance. Uh, they may become engineers who will be able to develop and, and generate a capacity of the state to grow the, the, you know, the, its economy, which in turn will also assist in rolling out all these uh, uh, services that are, are, are hugely needed by, by poor communities. So the key demand or the key request that we should be making to government is that government has to change the mindset and start looking at uh, the funding in the terrain of higher education as a form of uh, investment. Because when you invest money, you expect that at some point you will get a returns. But currently that is not happening. And, and for us, that is a cause for great concern. 
Very, very interesting that you would mention uh, the the name Nesfas there. Uh, it was at the beginning of this year that uh, the government, or rather Nesfas, uh, uh, made the the announcement that they will defund some courses. What is your take on on the government's decision to defund some courses? The the issue of defunding uh, some of the courses is is it's a hot potato. Uh, you know. It's twofold, uh, in my view. On one hand, we have graduates who, uh, you know, our institutions of higher learning produce uh, graduates from time to time. Every year, people graduate, and uh, there are some of our graduates who uh, enter the queue, you know, the long queue of unemployment as a result of uh, the the courses which are not uh, which they did, which are not necessarily. Uh, in demand in relation to the economy. Uh, the economy, on one hand, has got the skills that it is specifically looking for. So you, you find that we've got this structural uh, unemployment as a result of some of the courses which uh, are there. We have graduates who are sitting at home and, and they are not employed because the courses that they did uh, you know, are not in line with uh, what is required by the economy. Uh, if you look at the uh, the, you know the, the the so-called skills uh, uh, gap. You find that there are jobs, there are existing jobs that are there in the market, but uh, people cannot access those jobs because of the you know they don't match skills uh, mismatch. So on one hand, uh, this is an issue that I may say uh, in a way it is something that it's a bit understandable, but a lack of proper communication on the side of nurses is a, also a cause for concern because. We, we agree that as we enter the fourth uh, industrial revolution, some of the courses may become obsolete and some of the jobs, as you may know, will become obsolete as well in the long run. So, But the issue of communication is a problem uh, where there's no clear communication uh, and collaboration between the funder, in this case being NSFAS, as well as the, the different institutions of Ireland. I mean, it does not make uh, any sense for me for universities to continue to enroll uh, students in a very large scale on, on in some of the courses which may not necessarily be funded at the end of the day. Because where should the students uh, get money then to, to, to study these courses if they are not going to be funded? It's either government must, uh, you know, collaborate with, uh, together with NESPAS as well as uh, universities to find a way to also uh, ensure that if uh, some of these courses are going to be uh, uh, are not going to be funded. Then, even institutions of learning, uh, higher learning, must find a way to, you know, not to register as many students as possible in such courses, so that uh, students are made aware to say this course. If you are going to enroll in this particular field, you must know in ad- well in advance that you will not be funded for the purpose uh, for the following reasons and so on, uh, and you know. Students should be able to know uh, beforehand that uh, you know they are just uh, uh, taking that course at their own risk. You know it must be the you know uh, the, the choice of a student to say, well, I will do this course either way. But of course, uh, communication, as I've said, is one of the biggest uh, problems because the the response uh, has been communicating with universities to the exclusion of students. You find that the majority of students are not aware; they do not know that. Uh, such and such a cause may not be funded in the near future. And and that is another cause for concern.
I agree with you on that one when you speak on the government and basically the universities coming together to help these students, right? Um, but I, I must mention this. In the 2021 budget speech, we heard Finance Minister Dito Mboweni speaking so little about higher education, right? Despite the higher education sector being plugged by um, funding woes and um, close to 120 billion rands was allocated or rather directed to higher education, to the higher education um, and se- uh, higher education sector, right? But we, we also heard from these reports that the Treasury wanted to cut the higher education's budget by 20%, and that is 19.5 billion rand since it was not consider, considered a, and I quote, a frontline department uh, like the social development or the health development um, in the country. What are your sentiments about this? Well, uh, you, you see, that is the other additional uh, point that that confirms that uh, government does not see the, the spending in, in higher education as, as a form of uh, an investment. When we, we, we all agree that uh, uh, COVID-19 caught all of us uh, unprepared and it was necessary at some point that government should do something to fight uh, COVID-19 by empowering uh, department, departments such as uh, uh, the Department of Health as well as uh, Social Development because these two departments are very critical, they are very key for the development of uh, our people in general when you look at uh, the services that are provided by, by Social Development as well as Health. But in the short term uh, uh, you know, in my view government has taken just a short term uh, uh, a, a route to, to address such problems by cutting. Remember, it was not only higher education. We, we do recognize that it was not only uh, higher education that was affected. I think that there are several departments where uh, cuts had to be made. Uh, also, you'll remember the loans that they took also uh, from the IMF. But I think uh, the, the terrain of higher education in general is not a terrain that should not be prioritized. In my view, this should have been included in the same basket as the social development as well as uh, the Department of Health. Because like I said, we are building a, a society that will be able to to benefit uh, the state in the long run. Uh, you might be paying for a student now for the first uh, three to four years or, or even six years down the line. But as time proceeds, these graduates will have the capacity to enable the, the growth of the state. And because we're talking here about people who will lead the country in the near future. And indeed, uh, we need a, a new crop of uh, uh, leaders who will be able to take the country forward. And so I, 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 I think that it was quite unnecessary. It, it is very sad that it, had to t- it took uh, students uh, to go to the streets in order for government to start to to realize the importance of uh, addressing some of these issues. I mean, if you look at the, the mindset, the, 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 the change that came from the uh, basic education, higher education minister, Blade and Zimande as well, uh, it, it, it did not have to take the, the, you know, the life of a human being, but also it does not have to take a protest after protest. It is very sad today that we are sitting here with a, a problem 
which has not been resolved, as I said, ever since the late President Nelson Mandela established the National Commission on Higher Education. And this was back in 1995. The generation that was there before, I remember uh, at the time I, I also was a student uh, at the University of Pretoria. We were led at the time by uh, the current premier of Gauteng, uh, David Makura, who was the president of, of SASCO at the time. And these are the same issues that the, the students of today, the new generation, is still fighting for. And, and, and it is also said that those who uh, fought, those who were in the left uh, back then, those who wanted uh, free education, because David Makura, for instance, when he was the president of, uh, of the South African Students uh, Congress in 1995, during which, the, when this commission was uh, established by the late president, Nelson mm. Mandela, he too was advocating for free higher education for all students. But today, uh, you know, it, it looks like our leaders have uh, forgotten the importance of that call. Mm, sure. We, we are unfortunately pressed for time, Mr. Maganeta, but thank you so much for providing such insight into the discussion. Breaking Ground Podcast.